Good morning once again. God has been gracious to Brother In and myself. We've completed our first teaching for the, the morning and God has seen it fit that we now begin our next series and that on marriage. And once again, it's such a joy and a privilege to share God's word with you. The highlight of our week, that is Ian's week and my week, is when we prepare these videos and place them, place them on, on Facebook that you might view it. it it's, it's, it's the highlight of our week. It's, it's the day of the week, not so. Uh, Ian? Yes. It's the, it, 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 it's the highlight of our week. Yes. Now, as I'd said, we're going to deal with the new series, and that being marriage. And um, I spoke about the highlight of Ian's week and my week, and that being Tuesday. Um, but I want to ask you a question this morning. Tell me, that is my brothers and sisters, what is the worst day of the week for a married man? What's the worst day of the week for a married working man? What do you suppose, Ian? What day do you suppose? Um, good question. Um... When he goes to work? No, 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 no. The worst day of the week for a married man is this day. Sat her day. Sat her day. He doesn't go to work on the sat her day. He's at home and it becomes her day. And she commands and demands that this be done and that be done and on time. Some people go to work on Saturday. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about sat her day. Not sat her day, sat her day. <laughs> the other day my wife and I were reminiscing, and I, I think I shared this with you before we um, go into the, uh, the study. Um, we, we were just talking about each other, you know, reminding each other. And I said to my wife, man, I know you close on to 48, 49 years. And I said, the, the surprising thing, my darling, is that I can remember what you wore the first day I saw you. And she was rather amazed after all these years. And I said, you had a, a black and a white blouse on, and you had a, 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 a brown slacks on. And I said to her, I fell in love with you instantly. It was love at, at, at first sight. You must have got married young. Yeah? Well, very, very young, very young. And um, I said to her, it was love at first, first sight. And then she turned to me with sadness in her eyes, but also a, a glow of, 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 of laughter. She said, you know, Joe, it wasn't that case with me. When I saw you, it was love at first fright. Oh, boy, did I feel dejected? Was I? Oh, boy, my ego just was deflated straight away. But then she consoled me. She put her arms around me. Now, you have to listen very carefully. She put her arms around me and said, Don't worry, Joe. You might not be good looking. But you know what, Joe? You are Mr. Personality. I said, No, Dong, you got it wrong. It's not personality. It's personality. She says, No, Joe, no, Joe. It's not personality where you're concerned. It's personality. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I, I just made that up. <laughs> I just made that up, you know. But um, 
The other thing that my wife does say about me is that um, she wouldn't trade me for the world. No. She wouldn't trade me for the world. She would just give me away because she said no one would want me. <laughs> oh, no, we, 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 we're still madly in love. Praise God for that. Amen. But I, I, I say this to, a lot to my friends, you know. Um, you know, I always said, you know, I had to twist my arm, I twist the, my wife's arm several times for her to tell me I'm good looking, you know. But I've discovered one thing, that good looks and beauty is only skin deep. How deep is ugliness? As I say that again, Ian, beauty is skin deep. How deep is ugliness? And uh, I'm not original in that. I remember my dear friend, uh, uh, Linda Maud, that was her original uh, 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 saying, and I give her the honor for that. Now, marriage is, I think, the blessing on the face of the earth. Nothing can be compared to it. It's so unique. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, it is a miracle. A miracle that very often defies description, but finding one's life's partner and becoming one in holy matrimony, oh, it's such a blessing. But like I said, and always say, with every blessing comes responsibility. And for a marriage to be a continual blessing, every Husband and wife must live up to the responsibilities that marriage, marriage does bring. Let's turn to the Word of God and we'll read a scripture. And it's found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Get your Bibles quickly. And um, please stand. If you are Husband and wife, stand close together. Verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought it to the man and... Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. What a blessing. What 
a responsibility. When two people become one. Ian was sharing with me the word that the Lord had laid upon his heart. And it goes like this. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I'm still waiting. By the way, Adam, uh, uh, Ian is still waiting. But I told him he mustn't worry. Someday some unlucky girl will come along. <laughs> <laughs> you mean lucky no, girl? Unlucky. No, we're just joking, Ian. You know, uh, a thing we got to convey to our audience, Ian, that laughter is medicine for the soul. Mm. Amen. You know, God has got a special woman for you, Ian. Amen. A special lady. Praise God. Amen, special lady. Let me just briefly talk on the scripture I read this morning. I'm not going to preach, I'm just going to talk as such. Um, when you look at the whole episode that took place here, God creating the animals, and even when you read earlier on God creating a man, um, you get the understanding that man, although was familiar with the animals, although they befriended him and he befriended them and walked amongst them and had control and persuasion over all these animals, Adam could not find a mate among them. And God, looking at the whole uh, scene there, decided to give Adam a helpmate. And it, it's wonderful to note how that God goes about in providing this helpmate for Adam. And what God does, the Bible says God puts Adam into a deep sleep and from the side of, the, of Adam he takes the rib and he, and he forms Eve. And by the way, Eve means the mother of all living. And um, from this rib he, he forms and shapes Eve, the wife of, um, of uh, Adam. And uh, I'm not what I'm saying now making a doctrine, but this is my personal perception, and you don't need to accept it, you don't need to be believe it, you know. But it, it, it was as if, you, you know, as if like uh, 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 God was performing the first Caesar ever. He, he opened up Adam and took a rib, closed it up without stitching Adam, because God is a, a miraculous surgeon, and he, he, he formed and shaped Eve. And he called her woman. And if my thinking is right, it means coming out of man. So Eve came out of Adam. She was Adam in essence. She, Adam was uh, incomplete. And the, 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 the making of Eve from, from the rib of Adam was that which completed Adam. Eve complemented Adam. To complete Adam, and it seemed as if, like I said, don't, 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 you don't believe me. Just my own thoughts. It seemed as if God was the midwife, that God was the surgeon, and God performed that wondrous miracle. And um, not only was she taken out of Adam, as such, but God also presented her to Adam. 
it, 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 it's as if God was the first marriage officer there. He presented Eve to Adam and he joined them together. And notice the word that Adam exclaimed and shouted out when he first saw uh, Eve. Got a shock to see what his rib could produce. <laughs> he said, wow, man. Oh, oh yes, by the way, that's one of the, 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 the typing errors in our King James versions. Uh, uh, it says a woman. No, no, they, they, they forgot to type in the W. He said, wow, man. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He said, woman, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is she that made Adam complete. And God joined them together that very day, making them one. I, I like the words that Adam had said. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She's a part of man. She comes out of man. Uh, let's just turn very quickly to um, Ephesians chapter 5. You, you, you get it there, Ian, you, you're faster on the, on the notepad than I am. What do you call that thing you got there, iPad or notepad? iPod. iPod. I think I'm going to beat you, Ian. I beat you, Ian. I beat you. Okay. Okay, I think it's verse 32. Okay. All right. Where is it? You found it even bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh? Five, okay. Okay, verse 30 years. For we are members of his body, that's Jesus Christ. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Wow. What a statement, Ian. We are members of his body, bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh. Just as Eve was bone of the bone of Adam, flesh of the flesh of Adam. Do you know what, Ian? That we are bone of the bone of Christ. We are flesh of the flesh of Christ. Just as Eve came out of Adam, so do we come out of Christ. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, it says there, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. I, I, I think the, 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 the ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate miracle of marriage is found in that verse. And they shall become one flesh. Two different genders, male and female, two different personalities, probably sometimes different cultures, nationalities, ethnicities, you name it. There's, so, there's such diversity sometimes when some people get married. But the ultimate crowning glory of marriage is that two become one. And one of my sermons I preached, I think it was the Abrahamic Covenant, when I spoke about the, the responsibility that we have in marriage. Um, we are as such that is husband and wife, we are a lesser picture of what is in heaven. Heaven you get the triune Godhead, Father, Son and Spirit. 
And the Bible teaches us three are one. One plus one plus one equals one, not three in heaven. And a, a husband and wife is a lesser picture of what is in heaven, the threefold Godhead, the, the threefold persons in the Godhead rather. On earth, in heaven, three or one, on earth, two or one. What a responsibility, what an honor, what a blessing in some way, you know, that marriage can, 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 can picture, uh, you know, a little of the, of the triune uh, Godhead. Now, marriages fail in our day and they fail miserably and as never before, they are failing in the church. And one of the reasons why I feel they are failing, I remember when I was a young lad and I, I grew up as a Roman Catholic and I thank God for my upbringing because many things that I was taught in the Catholic Church are hold very dear to my heart. And I remember going to, 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 to services and it, it was very unique to hear that at the end of the service the priest would pronounce the bands and uh, as a little boy I never knew what it was and I had to inquire about it and um, I was told that what the bands was is that the priest would announce that so and so are getting married and if anyone objects to the marriage then they've got this time to, to, to sort of stop the marriage but for three weeks uh, consecutively the priest would announce uh, the marriage bans and during this three-week period they would have to go for counseling in other words pre-marriage counseling was essential in order for them to tie the knot in marriage now what I'm saying I, I, I haven't got proof in what I'm saying but I, I, I am of the persuasion that in a modern day this is not being carried out like it used to be. Um, people get married these days and without premarital counseling, they, they're not prepared for marriage. And because so many are, are not prepared for marriage, many marriages are, are, broke, are, are breaking up these days. And that's why it is essential that as the church, as ministers, that once again we, we, we reinforce premarital premarital counseling. In other words, we must make it a necessity that we will not, we will not uh, uh, join people together unless they come for premarital counseling. And I, I, I believe at least, you know, what the Catholic Church done, at least for three, 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 three weeks, uh, three very important sessions of preparing people for marriage. Now, we will not go into detail this morning but what we want to do once again is to whet your appetite. We're going to tell you what we're going to be teaching on, what we're going to be preaching on. And um, by so doing, um, perhaps you can get other couples together and even, you know, bring your family in on those who are embarking uh, in, into marriage, those that are, are looking for life's partners. Bring them and sit in, the, in, in these teachings. And who knows, you know, we can, we, we can help them, help prepare them for for their future. Then also um, um, tell your pastor about this and encourage him that you should sit perhaps in it as well then perhaps he can take some tips from what I'm, I'm, I, I'm in will be teaching and then who knows he can contact me and give me some tips because we glean and learn from each other. Alright, 
marriage. What will we be studying about marriage? Well, uh, let's spell marriage first. And Ian, just check if it's, I'm spelling it right. All right, Ian, just check there if I'm spelling marriage right. M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E. Look on your, your, on your computer. On your iPad, iPod, whatever you call it. I'm sure that's right. M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E. Am I right, Ian? i got to have a look first. Okay, I'll, I'll spell it again. All right, all those of you that are sitting there, let's spell marriage together. M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E. Marriage. Am I right? Go, go, go to Microsoft Word. And just spell it. Perfect. I don't have Microsoft Word on my iPod. What do you got? What is it spelled right? I'm sure it is. I'm just okay. looking up on the internet. Uh, okay. While Ian looks it up, let me just just break that word up into two sections. M A R means to ruin, to destroy. Then the other section, R I A G E. And this is what the Lord laid upon my heart. Reach in Almighty God evermore. If your marriage is embedded upon the rock, and that being Christ Jesus, the Word of God, then you have a blessed marriage. And when a marriage is founded on genuine love and the Word of the Lord, it is most likely not to be marred, not to be ruined. And when a marriage is founded on genuine love and the Word of the Lord, it will always be reached in Almighty God forever. Now, uh, the main areas of counseling that we will be dealing with is marriage is a contractual agreement. It's um, no doubt has two sides to it. It has a legal side and it has a spiritual side. And as born-again, spiritual Christians, you cannot just emphasize the spiritual side of a marriage, that is the miracle of two becoming one. There is also the legal side. And you've got to honor both sides of this contractual agreement between your spouse. So we will teach on marriage being a contractual agreement. Then we will also touch on the importance of the witness. Um, in the legal aspect of any contract, um, two parties or several parties enter into an agreement and to make it valid, uh, witnesses have to sign to the documentation. This is what makes it legal and binding. Now, those of you that um, have listened to the previous tape that we shared this morning, I speak much there on the word witness, but there's another aspect that I, 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 I'm going to talk on concerning the witnesses in marriage. It's vital, it's important, and one of the reasons why marriages are breaking up, and sad to say, in the Christian church is because people are choosing the wrong witnesses. And um, no doubt, once again, it is an honor and a privilege to be chosen as a witness. 
But many people fail to understand that with this honor comes responsibility. And other than that, not only does the witness has a have a responsibility towards the marriage, but those who are married must realize that, that um, the witness is not just there for a day and a moment to put the name to paper. They're there whilst the marriage lasts, and they have a role to play in, in the marriage because they are witnesses. Now, the other aspect that we have to deal with, and um, it's vital, it's important, it's a, if, if it's not dealt with properly, marriages will break up, and that is honesty to each other. One of the, the major problems that we live with in our day and age, and it's sometimes not nice to talk about these things, but they're the facts of life and we have to deal with it. Um, we're living in an age where living together is common. We're living in an age where people have more than one relationship. And sad to say, both the male and the female they lose their virginity. And um, there are those marriages, praise God, that um, um, both come to the altar and they're untouched, and praise God for that. But uh, whether they're touched or untouched, and they come to the Lord and they're joined together, it, it's not less a marriage in any way. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's not less a marriage than any other way. But now, what happens, what happens is this. When people get married, what you must understand is this. Your responsibility to each other starts from that day. And as much as we got to be honest to each other in the sense of, uh, of, of being honest, that saying that, you know, um, We've been touched, you know, we're not virgins, so to say, etc. Be honest in that. Tell the man before the marriage. Tell the woman before the marriage. Let them know of it. And if your love is strong enough, God will cement your love. He will reinforce your love. And the one thing that does also cause a lot of pain and suffering to the marriage. When you're honest to your, to, to, to your future spouse and let them know before the marriage, um, the spouse has to have the understanding because of the honesty that they who hear what is being said, they have no right to dig into the past of the person that's making known their so-called failure. I, I think love covers a multitude of fault and failure. And remember this, you are taking the woman. You are taking the woman. And you are taking the man. So it's good to be honest, but don't ever dig into the person's past. Don't ask this question, who it was, when it was, how it happened. That's none of your business. God has already dealt with that. Amen. From this day, your life begins. Amen. Then, 
I, I think one uh, uh, area that we need to discuss, and we need to discuss it at length, is the parental relationships. Um, I have a saying, you know, and I, <laughs> thank God it was in my case, but I always have a saying that in-laws become outlaws. And do you know what? Sometimes we ourselves make our in-laws outlaws or our spouse makes our in-laws our outlaws. So we have to deal with that. Amen? We're going to discuss that at length of our relationship to our in-laws. Another area that we need to discuss also is residence. Where, where shall we reside? You know? It's important where we live. And it's... it's the, the Bible gives us a clear-cut uh, indication where we shall live. Then finance. We've got to speak about finance. You know, I, I, I'm aware that that certain cultures have different uh, 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 um, understandings of finance, and I've discovered that in New Zealand, um, it, it, it's shocking to me though, and probably throughout the world now these days, but in my uh, South African culture, um, a husband and wife always had one account. And I'm, I'm discovering, and I listen to a lot of people and they're saying that, no, they have separate accounts. Now, we have to deal with that. That's why marriages break up. Because two that are one have separate accounts. They are separate when it comes to money. So we will deal with finance. And then also we will deal with child planning. You know, it's just not coming together and having a family. It's always best to plan your family. You need to discover each other first because you, before you have a family. And there's a given time that you need to discover each other. Then also we will be discussing and doing premarital counseling on sex. Sex plays a vital part in marriage and we need to discuss this at length. Then also I feel an area that is now gripping the world and most of the church is that some of us, we cannot afford a laptop. <laughs> Brother Ian and myself, we're talking about each getting an Apple laptop. <laughs> but you know, some people, they can't afford a laptop, but they do have laptop suppers. <laughs> and that's so sad, eh? You find husband and wife and the children scattered all over through the house, eating eating uh, uh, their, their meals, separate one from the other, watching TV in their bedrooms and all that. This doesn't build a marriage. And some families I hear here who, don't, who can't afford a lot are eating two-minute noodles. Yeah, sad. Yeah, very sad, very sad. So um, we need to discuss the role, the importance of a meal. And, 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 and you'd be surprised how that a meal together bonds a family. And then also the prayer life of each spouse and also the prayer life of the husband and wife as a unit. It's, 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 it's essential. We, we, we need pre-marital counselling on this. Then also we will be discussing the divine order that is recorded in the Word of God concerning marriage. In the church there's neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither male or female, we are equal. And I believe we are equal for the simple reason 
man, the man has the nature of Christ and the woman has the, has the nature of Christ. But yet, when it comes to marriage, there's a divine order. And uh, we will deal with this. Let me give you uh, 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 the scripture, 1 Corinthians 11. It says God first, then Christ, then man, then woman. We're going to, we're going to deal with that. And then we're going to deal also with the submission of the wife to the husband. Uh, uh, you, you, you know, it's sad to say, and people got to understand that, that when it comes to leadership, a woman is stronger than a man. A woman is a born leader. It's, it, it's, it's a natural tendency to lead, lead a children, lead a family. And um, we need to find uh, 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 how that we as husbands can take that 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 that, that, that dominant uh, 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 spirit of the woman that wants to be a leader, and how we can lovingly uh, uh, um, control it, you know, and, and and this all comes about by the love that the man has for the woman, and we're going to learn how that a man can teach his wife submission. So. Um, then also we're going to discuss um, what, I, what I call the three areas of marriage. And I, I wrote a, a booklet on this and I'm sad to say one of my friends, um, I, I loaned him this little booklet, which is 14 pages, and it never ever came back. And when I asked him for this booklet, because it, was, it had such, such deep truths in it, he said, no, he's mislaid it. And um, I said, have you been preaching it? And he said, yes. And I said, did you mention me? He said, no. I said, brother, you plagiarized my teachings. You know? But never mind. Uh, but I will, be, I will be teaching on it, uh, the three areas of marriage. I, I believe there's an outer court in marriage. I believe there's a holy place in marriage. And I believe there's the holy of holies of marriage. So... No doubt there's much that we're going to discuss. And after I've done the counseling, I will be doing some preaching also. I've just um, had the privilege of preaching at one of my adopted sons in the Lord's uh, marriage. And I shared on um, the, the, the wine running out. And sometimes, you know, the joy, the peace, the love runs out and we're going to deal with that. So I will be preaching to you some other important uh, topics on marriage but we look forward to teaching you next week amen and uh, we're going to share god's word concerning marriage with you once again please invite your friends your family and let me give you a benediction amen let's stand together now may the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ and the love of our heavenly father and the sweet fellowship that we share in the spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore God's people said, Amen. Praise God. See you next week.